All right. So All right. I can share a story. Very good. Easy to share. Have fun. Well, thank you so much, Antonio, for having me on your show. I appreciate, you know, people from all levels um, coming and, and talking to folks because we need to make ourselves available to everyone and anyone. You know, your platform is still new to me, no matter how new you are. So just because I have X amount of years in the industry, I'm never... I should never be so big that I cannot still humble myself to help folks and to talk to folks in their beginning stages as folks did for me in my beginning stages. Because I just celebrated 15 years being self-employed under this company that I now operate. So kudos to you and thank you once again for having me on. So, <laughs> and, um, and thank you for your compliments. Much respect to you. Amen. So my name is uh, Catherine, Minister Cat. Um, I haven't grown into Catherine, so everyone calls me Cat. But since my business name is the Kitty Rose Lifestyle, a lot of folks now have begun calling me Kitty, which is fine because I feel like I'm going to be that old lady in the rocking chair smoking her blunt and everybody go, hey, Miss Kitty. So I'm going to be like, yay, hey, on the road, like, hey. <laughs> so I'm good with that. <laughs> so I am 47 in a few weeks a mother of three. And I say that because I'm about to become an empty nester. So my life is changing and I'm in a real difficult place right now, which is ironic because I didn't even want to be a mother at the time I was becoming a mother, but it wow. ended up being like one of the best things I've done in my life. And my company has allowed me to be that full-time parent, which I can see the results of the good people that I am helping to create in this world. So I, my 25 years have been nothing but parenting. And now mm -hmm. it goes from, you know, twiddling my thumbs, being in the house every day by myself, because even though it's COVID, I'm quarantined, my job stopped but theirs didn't, they're still out there. They're still in the world, they're still active. So, you know, I'm home a lot now because of the pandemic, because my children are getting older and I find myself to be in a really, really interesting place right now. But, you know, I'm, I think I'm taking this time to also be still and learn myself a lot more. You know, not that I didn't know myself, but I think because I was stuck in a role, you know, as a parent, and everything I did financially was to contribute my life as a parent. Mm. Now, you know, I have, it's, I, now I see why parents got more money when their kids leave the house. Because now you don't have three and four people you paying for and you splitting your income between. Now it's just really like, I, you know, my stimulus checks came to me. I might have gave them <laughs> kids $100, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, for the most part, they got their own money, you know, so... That's it's I'm I'm in a really interesting place right now, but I'm excited a little bit, <laughs> a little bit scared, and I'm pre-menopausing, so I'm freaking emotional all the time. So that's like fucking weird as fuck, you know. And yes, yeah, excuse me to your audience. I know I said I'm a minister, but I do curse. So no, don't it, apologize. Oh, I'm well. I'm not apologizing. I was just living them like forewarning, like. Don't think because, you know, somebody's a minister that they don't use them cuss words because I do. I ain't want them audio your audience to be shot. And That's one of pearl. my favorite things about you because I, I cuss too. It's okay, all good. Now. 
tell you, I say he cuts too. I have a question for you, if you don't mind. Go ahead. We're, we family now. Amen. So you had said that, you know, you wanted to definitely hit on and talk about, I guess, the recovery through trauma and mm-hmm. the recovery through trauma, not necessarily in um, how this is how I took the message, mm-hmm. not necessarily in dismissing or making it more, not making it more, making it the central central part of your life. But how do you accept it and and be able to move on in the acceptance, not in yes. the acceptance of what went wrong or what happened, but the acceptance of well, how can I now not let it continue to take over me? Perfectly stated. You wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when 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 you mentioned my trauma. Mm-hmm. I thought about that because I was like, I don't remember where in any of my platforms that I, I, I mentioned my trauma because I think that when we think of trauma, we do think of like something, you know, such on a level 10 that the mm-hmm. things that are on a level two or three, we kind of don't look the same with. So I, I think that my trauma came from the fact that I had to be independent at such a young age and how that affected the decision making as an adult Mm -hmm. and I think because I didn't know that I was being affected by being kicked out of my house at 15 and living on my own at 16 and having to fend for myself and make decisions that I wasn't quite ready for that it did not allow me to make the more supervised and and strategic decisions when I became in my 20s. I think those four years of being in the industry, you know, seeing what that looks like, you know, trying stripping, trying prostitution, you know, I knew that I was raised as a Jehovah Witness, so I knew that I always had God, but there's something that makes you still feel desperate enough because you don't feel worthy enough to still do things to hurt yourself and create your own trauma, which, you know, which I want to say it did in the sense of how I didn't, how I did not value myself and how I allow other men who, even though I wasn't in prostitution anymore, I was still in prostitution situations because I'm still exchanging sex for favors or money or company. So it's still, I'm not doing it where there's an actual transaction, mm-hmm. but I'm still doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not understanding that that kicking me out before I can become an adult did not allow me to ever really be able to think about stuff through, uh, uh, thinking about stuff, you know, everything was rushed. Everything was like, what can I do? All right, let me do it. I didn't, th- I, there was no planning in any of those decisions. It was, it was just, and not to say that that's bad. Cause I think that that happens to a lot of us because we all have some kind of childhood trauma that makes us become adults a lot sooner than we should be or supposed to be. Real shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that you were taught to not value yourself because not innately you do. And it was the little girl in you trying to be loved. Cause and you you were made to feel like to have forced love. 
and now you live a life where it's natural, genuine, just flows on its own. So I hope you have learned to love the little girl within you. Mm. No, not yet. Because I don't think I've allowed the little girl to be a little girl yet. I've loved, I've, I'm learning to love the woman I am, but I don't know yet. Maybe now in this day, stage of just me, I can now focus on that little girl. But I think I've been so focused on being a woman that I've learned, I've come to learn how to appreciate and love the woman I am, love my body. That's why I don't wear no bra. You know what I'm saying? Because I ain't got no titties. So why wear a bra and my nipples are sweet? But whoa, 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 no. But this is still strategic because my nipples are sweet. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's still like, you know, I ain't got no bra on, but that's still a marketing ploy because, you know, that looks a little cute like that. <laughs> you know? But you couldn't tell me that 15 years ago because 15 years ago, I was like, I ain't got no breasts. I don't have no titties. Nobody, you know, that's not attractive. But, but I had to also realize that in 40 something years, I ain't never had a man tell me, you know something? Cat, I'm not fucking with you because your titties too little. Like that's never happened. You know what I'm saying? So I obviously been doing all right with these little titties. You know what I mean? I love this. <laughs> so so I'm learning. I have come to learn how to love the woman that I am. The little girl, not yet, but that that's an interesting task to take on. Yeah, because this is part of our, hey, we're, this testimony time. So I am labeled with autism. Where? Thank you. Thank you for your <laughs> response. Yes, I appreciate it. Well, DC Public Schools thought there was something developmentally concerning about. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Say your thoughts, say your thoughts, please. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to listen to tell to tell me where and how and what level because oh oh okay. <laughs> I well, mean, they classify me as high functioning autism, okay. but they said, well, he's not speaking, and at three oh. or four. Do you mind me asking how old are you? How young are you? How old are you? Twenty-seven. Okay, and when what age were you diagnosed with this? Technically two, because they gave me pervasive developmental disorder. Okay. And then uh, thank you. Thank you for your face. Um oh. <laughs> so 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 as a baby you didn't talk? I, no. And then I, the first two years of my life, my grandmother tell me I ain't talk either. You understand. Okay. <laughs> and so, so as a teenager, something was happening and your parents took you and they... Now as a teenager, when I was three, the, okay. the, um, the, the experts, experts right. <laughs> in public schools said he's not talking to strangers. But my parents told me not to. Right. So I'm feeling penalized for obeying my parents. 
That, that's what I care. So do, you, so do you think at, so if you go to the doctor now at, at 26, 27, are 27. you still, at 27, are you still diagnosed with that same, uh, with that same label as a high functioning? They all it once they figure out, oh, he can speak well and he's great with people. So but they, you know what? I would claim that autism because don't, don't they say that autism are actually you guys are like geniuses, right? Or some shit like that. Like you choose not to talk and deal with the world. You know what I mean? Isn't it like some level of some level of genius ability wavelength that you guys are yes. supposedly on that yeah. less humans are not yeah. on? Yeah, genius is the most appropriate word. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, kudos to you <laughs> because I mean, at the end of the day, it's like no shade. It's like my opinion of this vaccine. I don't know what's what because you poison me every day anyway with the foods you give me, with you know, with how you structure my living environments. Like I'm already taking a chance every day on everything that I consume that I think is okay, that I find out at the doctor is not because I don't have enough vitamin D or I'm a fucking anemic or my levels, my iron is low and my kidneys is short, whatever the fuck, but I'm eating all the stuff that you guys got for me in the supermarket. So I'm very skeptic about your diagnose of anything because I feel like everything is for a financial gain of mm -hmm. wanting me to be sick, needing me to be sick so you can capitalize off of me being sick so you can drug me up, keep me numb, Keep me dumb. Keep me in your box of what you say I am instead of having me learn the ability of what do I do now with these tools? Because if I am on this spectrum of understanding, then that means that my understanding of something else is higher. So how can I have the tools that I still need as a so-called normal person to still navigate? So you're just giving me different tools. Why do you have to label me and mm -hmm. put me in a situation where all you're doing is changing up the tools that now I need in order to navigate? Because mm -hmm. for the regular person, I still need tools, but you guys don't even give the regular people tools because you want regular people fucked up, dumbed down, numbed up, not knowing, in a cloud, blurry, tired, drunk the fuck up. <laughs> so where do yeah. we go? Where do we go? We go with our own selves, with our connection to the creator. And that's mm -hmm. why at 27, you fucking doing a podcast with autism, speaking your truth, not a slur in your conversation, because the spirit is what moved you and guides you to bring you to your understanding of who you are. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Preach, Ellie. Yes, and, Lord. <laughs> and so they had to sue DC Public Schools because they said, well, under the American Disabilities Act, we can still provide an appropriate public education for him. Okay. And that turned out to be a big ass lie. And so my parents and experts, the kind experts, there's two types in this story. Yes. And we won on behalf of me Amen. and had to pay my private special education 
So I graduated high school as a valedictorian. Go ahead, autism. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I can only imagine how fucked up that is at three and four and five, where you're internally figuring out shit and then you get people on the outside telling you something different than what you know or what you're trying to figure out on the inside. That mm-hmm. had to be fucked up. That had to be very confusing, very yeah. daunting. Mm-hmm. But because I never talked about recovery from trauma, that was one. My success is, let's see, sixth grade cashier selling root beer floats. But I also won the Curse of Crown that year. It means I won an elegant award for being literate in cursive. I can read and write it just fine. I still do. I love doing my John Hancock signatures, A-N-T-O-N-I-O everywhere. And seventh grade secretary, eighth grade president, 4.0, 11th grade chemistry award as a senior, graduating senior. Ninth grade freshman year, just started high school, got an English award. And yeah, well, there's more. I just wanted to give you. Tasks. Are you the only child? No. How many siblings? One. Older or younger? Older. So, do you think you were spoiled? Oh no, no. How far apart are you guys? About three years. Was he or she helpful in encouraging you? Oh, or jealous? Good of the time that got spent trying to figure out what was going on with you? Uh, that's a tough story because we're not in communication anymore. I mean, but a lot of times was encouraging, but then they went their own way for their okay. own reasons. Okay. But right. then we go on. <laughs> right, right. What, what made you, so what do you like, if you don't mind me asking, cause this will all come back to my story. What made, you know, so at 27, like what, where, where's Antonio? What is it like, especially how did COVID affect you? Cause did you, were you, are you inside? Are you an essential worker? How did that affect you? Well, I started podcasting during COVID, August of last year. And I've been writing um, my book series on just my autobiographical thoughts. So it actually was therapeutic for me. And what were you doing before COVID? Before COVID, I was just, you know, making sure my resume was good, my cover letter, qualifications. I was in a paid training academy. So are you in communications? Are you in media and communications? Is that your? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what, what stories have, what has uh, resonated with you in this journey of getting our stories? Have there been a connection that you, uh, 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 a common ground that you see from all of these different types of stories that you're, you're getting? Well, I decided to have more women podcast guests than the men. Okay. Because women in general don't get enough attention, don't get enough listeners don't get enough people trying to be compassionate to them so that was one of my first goals of doing this platform was to get people who are marginalized in our society um a chance to be a chance you can learn from and grow from 
And so that's one reason why this podcast also, because of the way I think I've been encouraged to do this, I decided this is the perfect time. And I've been doing fine. I want to get to your story, though, but... Well, that's the reason why I'm asking, like, what has, has there been any type of common ground? Because I feel like in my journey, you Uh know, now with producing television and now producing this one woman show called I Am You, that race and, and spectrums diagnosis separates us Uh when ultimately when I, when I interview, when I started producing and, and, and doing television, I started doing it with the intent of doing this for my sisters. Like, this is my way of reaching out my Black women. My Black, this was only for Black women. And then I started watching this show on HBO with a bunch of white girls in their 20s. And they were all going through the same shit that mm-hmm. me and my peers were going through at our 20s, which really was breaking down the... Um, stereotype that I was thinking as an educated woman that Mm. my plight of black women was only our plight like white women Asian women Spanish women couldn't understand what we as black women went through because our shit is different and in reality our shit ain't different you know we go through the same insecurities we got the same family issues we got the same culture like the same the shit is pretty much the same outside of maybe some cultural traditions but But human-wise, no. So when I was producing television and hearing all of these different stories, because my show is similar to yours, it was just a free-for-all. Like, we just spoke. And however the spirit led when I went to editing was how I got the title. I never did any of my shows with a title to start. I came in every... And I, and I told people, check out my show before you come on because it's not the same regiment. I don't even... When you even go to my show, we even... We're already talking there's no hey welcome to another episode and this is this none of that which i got torn a a new ass from everybody in in the media world because that's not the proper way to do television (laughs) but i'm like this is the kitty rose lifestyle I do what the fuck I want to do. And that's how I want to do my show. You know what I'm saying? Because my spirit was a, my show was a spirit driven show. My spirit, my show wasn't the typical. I knew my show was going to stand out because my show is a standout. It ain't the same like everybody else. So I wasn't going to do it the same like everybody else. But what I found out by doing the show is how comforting and healing it was for me because that's why I told you about the video about could I be a racist? Because black folks think they can't be racist because we don't have power. But we could have we could be racist if we think about the same stereo, if we fall into the same stereotypes about other people and make those comments so freely like they make. If I say, you know, I know some white, if I know some good white folks. What makes that comment any different from a white folk saying, I know some good black people. I got some black friends. Because when we know, when we hear a white person say, I got some black friends, we look at them with the crooked eye. But if I say that shit, how am I different from saying that than he's different? Or I constantly make the joke, white people don't get cold. Now, I believe white people don't get cold, but that's not nice. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But that's not the nicest thing to say, you know what I'm saying? But I do. My son dates a white girl. He didn't tell me for fucking two years. 
I remember two, that. Two semesters, two semesters because he was, and then he, and then when he told me, he wants to say, Ma, it's not that I like white girls. That's just all I'm around. So you're going to tell me there ain't no women of color and bring them to university. Not an Indian, not a black girl, not a Spanish girl. <laughs> you brought home three white girls. Really? <laughs> but why am I tripping? If those three white girls love my son, like my son, do right by my son, what the fuck am I tripping about? And they're doing right by you. And they're doing right by him. Right. So what am I tripping about? Because he could get with some black girls and they could do do him ragged. So isn't ultimately me wanting to my children to be happy? Isn't ultimately I want my people to be happy? Isn't ultimately I want to be happy? So I have to get out of my own way of thinking about things because I too in my consciousness have been blinded by stereotypes, have been blurred by what the matrix wants to feed us through their programming. So that's why I was asking about, you know, COVID and this podcast journey that you've been on, because I can only imagine how amazing it must have been, how it is to meet all these different fascinating people, because we're all now in a, in a kind of discovery place. So even mm -hmm. the interviews you're having with us now probably wasn't the same interviews we would have had last year, because we've all been a, in, inside where we've gotten a, a different chance to reevaluate things with ourselves. Like I am definitely not the same person I was in 2019. Not that I would have been if COVID didn't happen, but the way that I shifted being quarantined was definitely like the way that the earth was healed during quarantine. I think people were healed with, and it's weird because it's with all the death. There's, 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 there's a, the earth was better. People took more time with their family that they haven't taken in years. It, it, it's been an interesting way that this pandemic has affected us. Just now thinking outside the box. Are you frozen? You look still. Oh, there oh you no, I was just <laughs> listening to you. I didn't mean to digress. I just started like, wow, like, interesting. Because it's been a fucking bad year. But it, but it, but it hasn't, and you don't even want to say it hasn't because it has been so bad, right? You know. But people got a little bit more money that didn't have a little bit more money. You know, amazing the earth. Like, do you do, have you seen how the earth has transformed in this last year? Yeah, I feel like the earth. Like, I feel like the pandemic is definitely man-made. But I feel like, what if the pandemic was created by the earth because the earth was tired and they and it had to create something for mankind to sit the fucking still down so they the earth could regenerate because mm -hmm. the earth i think was tired <laughs> yeah I, I, don't, I don't know i just i didn't mean to digress i know you wanted to do that, but it's just it's just interesting how things how how if you allowed this time to affect you in reflection, how there's a lot to be ironically grateful for, if that makes sense. It's a good ironic. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a pandemic is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. A curse, you know, the hospitalizations, infections, mm. you know, deaths, 
but the blessing is you have businesses starting, books being launched, entrepreneurial ideas being formulated. So blessing and curse can be. I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But I think that's what we have to talk about because we don't really want to talk about the blessings out loud because of how much suffering that has been done. But then the flip side to that suffering is that there's always suffering. I mean, people die of the flu of rapid yeah. numbers that people just don't talk about. So I just, I just think that, you know, we, we don't, we don't realize the blessings because man has made it in such a, their diagnose of what we should be thinking. So we fall mm -hmm. into what they tell us to think and how to feel. And then when we start to feel something different, we don't, we question it because we're not the experts. They're the mm -hmm. experts. So we mm -hmm. keep our questions to ourselves and our comments and our thoughts to ourselves. And when we realize that we share them with others and other people feel the same way we feel, we're like, oh shit, like that R. Kelly thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure that there was a lot of people who felt like I felt. But they didn't want to say it because it wasn't like nobody wanted to put the blame outside of anyone other than R. Kelly. And yeah, fucking put the blame. Like, I, I again, not to digress. I was, um when I first got into the, the modeling industry, um I had did this heavy D video by this very famous director to this day. And I'm eight. 19 years old so I'm still not legal age even back then in the 90s after the video he asked me to come to his hotel to you know have dinner and drinks with him you know in the evening so you know me not thinking nothing of it I went with another girlfriend of mine I'm gonna bring this full circle to you in regards to like accountability on all parts even when the other party is wrong, completely. We go to the, we get to the hotel. We're supposed to meet them downstairs. They say, oh, come upstairs. Let's have a drink real quick before we go out. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm 18, 19 years old. These are grown, this is a grown man, at least in his 20s grown. I think he's even older than that. Cause like I said, he's, he's directing. He's the director of the video. We get up into the room. I take my girlfriend. His assistant tries to rape my girlfriend in the bathroom. I, we get out of there. I call my agent, who's a very famous agent to this day, a woman. And she says to me, why are you there? But wait, she's right. The job is done. Why am I there? You know what I'm saying? I'm 18, 19 years old. Fuck what he did being wrong. But why are you there? You did your job is done already. You didn't have you shouldn't have been there. So I say that I wasn't wrong. But in, in some ways, I needed to take my own accountability of the choice I made by going to someone's room hotel for whatever reason after the job was done. So I say that to like, I bring up the R. Kelly thing. Yeah, you know, he was wrong. The girls was wrong. But wait a minute. 
as a parent, why didn't I nip that shit in the butt? Why didn't I stop that? Where is the accountability from from me as a parent to to have not have tried everything in my power to not stop to stop what was going on with my daughter instead of taking advantage and and getting tickets and money and whatever you getting because you caught up in what you think is a better life and then you sacrifice those you love and to think that what they did was fucked up as parents hello child brides <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> you know what i'm saying like r kelly ain't new you know what i'm saying fucking marrying your daughter off for property for land at 13 15 you don't think the motherfuckers is raping them grown-ass men that parents gave their daughters off to for debt collateral land but no one looks at those and thinks that that's not some type of fucking trauma or bad or sin or disgust. That's some fucked up shit that's been going on. But because he's a singer and we pay his music and we two-step, then, oh my God, he's the worst person in the world. But nobody again talked about those parents and what they allowed to happen and what they took, like my agent did from the gate. So even though, yeah, them, 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 them brothers was wrong for trying to take advantage of two young girls, she checked me in thinking, what was your part in playing in that? Which she could have not done that, made a whole big to-do about them, made it only about what the guys did wrong, and I would have never been corrected in what part I played. I would have always played the victim because I would have always been able to blame others for not for what their actions and not start taking some blame and accountability for my actions. Like when I did this, it wasn't because of what agent said. This the whole situation made me go. Um, yeah, and you know, as you were excuse me, as you were talking, I was just thinking about um it's something you said on the YouTube channel regarding R. Kelly. I think it was about how the parents knew that this person had um, non-child-friendly music, but they still let them venture into his world. Yeah. And I'm going to agree with you on that one because you have to analyze the person the content where he said hey kitties come on i'm like no adulthood that's when you do the most homework <laughs> i'm like well before i get the ticket let me check it out oh no babe they, they got grown folks up no no but mom that no no i'm protecting me <laughs> right because that's what our job is supposed supposed to be supposed to be so when we drop the ball how can we trust the world to protect us or a husband or a wife to protect us when the first point of contact of protection, your parents drop the ball? So we've been, so that's another form of trauma because it affects how we now deal and interact with people in our adulthood because the first people to love us and protect us don't protect us. Mm. I'm speechless because I personally, 
understand. I wish I didn't, but I do. I know. But thank God we do, though, because it, it affects, it helps us be different for the next. We can't do anything about what has already happened, but we can now do something about how the future is done and perceived and our part in that because of our now knowledge of self and understanding to overstand, as people say. Like my way of recovering from trauma has been uh, learning life skills. That's been the most, especially life skills relating to like conflict resolution or boundaries that has been the most revolutionary part of my healing. And I make room for wonderful people like yourself. I've been building uh, lifelong relationships that are healthy for me. I've been, I overcame the trauma-based insecurity of being public about who I am. So I've been successful beyond measure ever since. And I just decided to be myself without apologies as the years I was taught to apologize for being who I'm born to be you know broken family situations answer your question is it in a dysfunctional household I was able to get you know all the proper treatment and I do the violin because everybody got a song you know what I'm saying so it's like that's the beauty of it you know what I mean because we we so think that our sad song is our sad song and fucking everybody got a sad song that's why I hate when people act like that they can't move forward because of their past because I'm like but what about him and his past and look at where he's at look at her and her past and look at where she's at we all got a story what the fuck you know what I'm saying so because we all got a story and we've seen some successes we know we can all be successes, but we have to get out of the way of talking about the story and feeling sorry for ourselves. And I'll give an example. My, I have it's three, my, I'm, a, I'm the oldest of three children and we are back to back. Me, like I'm the oldest, I'm 47, my middle brother's 45, my baby brother's 44. So we're boom, 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 boom. And my 44 year old brother has had probably in his opinion, the most trauma out of all three of us, right? My problem with him is that you're still complaining about your trauma at 44. Uh, at 44, uh, the trauma is what it is, but what do you do to now not let that trauma affect the rest of your life? I hope you didn't think I was doing the violin thing. I was. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I was smiling with it. I didn't think that at all, which I felt like you did think I did that with your face. But no, <laughs> I didn't. I was doing it to congratulate you because that's the point. You know what I'm saying? Of these conversations is to let people know that through their stuff, because we all have stuff that you can get to a place at 47 of, of peace of mind at 27 of peace of mind. Do you know how much, how beautiful that is? So I was, I wasn't being sarcastic doing that. I'm sorry you might've seen that way. I was actually celebrating and acknowledging that we all got a story. Yeah, and what made me reach out to you was I just started the podcast guest site, Finding Yes. And, you know, I browsed 
And I said, your name really just intrigued me. I said, hmm, sounds like an interesting person. And I read your bio, I said, okay, I have to talk to her. I got to do it. And here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Here I am. And so, like, any other parts of your life that you think the listeners would want to be blessed by? Well, I am officially ending my business uh, as of April 30th. Um, after being self-employed for the last thir- uh, 15 years, I am going to continue to be self-employed, but I am heading into a new direction in my life. So I would definitely encourage people to follow me on my YouTube channel, as Antonio did last night, um, at Miss Kitty Rose One, M-S-K-I-T-T-Y-R-O-S-E, the number one, all one word, because I consider myself to be a modern day griot of our pain. I'm not afraid to talk about Mm. the stories we've all gone through and be that sacrificial lamb because ultimately I do have a good life. I have good people around me. I have good children, you know, and I'm a good person. So with the things that has happened that have been fucked up in my life, I've still been able to, with the relationship that I've built and have with Jehovah God through Jesus Christ, have been able to have a very peaceful um, and at my own will, living life type of thing. So right now, um, my family has land in South Carolina. And even though we live in the United States and people think we live in a democracy, we live in a capitalist country. And I go where the money is at. So because <laughs> I go where the money is at, I am now gonna go into entering the world of agriculture and go into farming and gardening. So I'm getting ready to start um, volunteering with some local farms here in New York, just to kind of get knowledge of what it means to become one with the earth, um, get connected to the earth and figure out what I can use to help my family continue to be an asset in this world to help create sustainability for my people. Um, Because my ministry and my message is still one of healing. And because I do not, I no longer wanna fight with the matrix in producing television, I've just decided to go into farming because I own land and that will help continue to create generational wealth for me and my family and show the example of how that can be done with others through blogging. So if you see my story on YouTube, you may not do the same as I'm doing, but what it will do is ignite us to do something for ourselves, for our people, for our longevity, and to keep us to be an asset. Because you know that saying, if you are not an asset, what the fuck you are? A liability. And don't get it twisted if y'all don't think that something is going on and the world is coming to some type of weird and odd end. Some type of you know, zombie apocalypse, something's getting ready to go down. And they all tell us in all of the movies, it's the folks with the with How the about the Benjamins, baby? And it might not be money because the value of the dollar is going out the window. But if you're not an asset in some kind of way towards your community, towards your people, you out of here. You out of here. <laughs> you out of here. So, you know, I'm not a farmer, but hey, 
strategically as a capitalist <laughs> where I got some ownership. Let me figure out what that life now looks like. And I would like people to follow me on that journey with me. You know what I'm saying? Because I think most of us are, are city people. You know, we, we, our, our people's ran from the fog. Shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody don't want to go back to no fucking cotton. <laughs> so, the back riders behind us chasing us. So, yeah. <laughs> you know but, you know, going back to your roots of what they, when they brought us here and they, they stole our land, the few of us that was able to get our, some land back here in this country, we need to capitalize. My taxes, my family's land, the taxes are paid. We don't own no debt. The land is agricultural, and it, it's just for someone to want to take on that endeavor because it's not an easy one. And I'm here for it. So that's 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 what I'm getting ready to do in my next journey. I'm getting ready to have my daughter graduate college, uh, graduate high school on the way to college. So that's the last of my babies. And yeah, I'm gonna see what it looks like now as a motherless child. No, no, as a, as a you know as an empty nester, as an empty nester. I got a new man. So I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to get married. I'm trying to put that in the universe, you know, but I like people to follow me on this journey because I, my journey is your journey. I'm just out loud with it. Cause I'm making you know that your journey is okay. No matter what it is, good, bad, or indifferent, your journey is okay. Because you, when the scriptures tell you that you are wonderfully made, that ain't to gas you. That's the truth. You are wonderfully made. So once you accept that, you happy. And that's why Satan don't want you to understand that and don't want you to know that. He don't want you out here happy because when you out here happy, you praising the most high. You ain't saying, oh, thank you, Satan. You know what I'm saying? You go, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know? So he keeps us blocked up. He keeps us sad. He keeps us in our misery. When we can truly on this plane in this world, be happy. But sometimes we got to see what that looks like because we get so many stories on TV of what it don't look like. So when you come and look at my world, the Kitty Rose lifestyle, you get to see what a regular smegula chick from Brooklyn who lives in the Bronx, smokes weed every day, cuss like a sailor. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> But I, live a, <laughs> but I live a righteous life and I get to fuck what I want and I do what I want. And I've been doing what I want for 25 years. And I'm gonna keep doing what the fuck I wanna do. I got a three bedroom apartment, my rent is paid. I ain't got no debt. Well, I got a little debt, but that's that that's that business IRS debt. <laughs> that debt gonna get paid with the PPP loan, so <laughs> shit. <laughs> Or bitches follow for bankruptcy, but on some regular debt, I ain't got no debt. Because, <laughs> like I said, I'm a capitalist and I'm a file for bankruptcy just like the white folks do and start my shit all over again. Fuck out of here. <laughs> wow. Wow. I've been blessed the whole time. <laughs> Amen. Because I just like people who are just real and you can tell this is who they are yes, even when the cameras aren't rolling yes sir. and earlier when i was like asking how to how you know 
when we, how we're gonna do the interview. That was um, my way of because before I start an interview, I I don't record right away because I want to. When we start, I know what your bound. I know I know my boundaries, but I want to know your boundaries because you're the guest. So that was me being just hospitable and proactive. Don't don't downplay that. And your guest is respecting that because you put it in the email. Come on, 10, 15 minutes before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, you, if you read the instructions, <laughs> we can get the vibe I want to get because I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. So respect what I'm doing, what I'm doing as the producer, as the host. And you see, we do, we follow instructions so you can get that vibe. And then you get the wonderful interview that you want to get because everybody has to have the same agenda to, to create great content. Like you said, you're going to do the audio and you give it to us to put the video and the audio because it's a give and take. This is not just your platform. This is our platform to help share the message to both our networks. So our people in general, whoever that is, can heal as we are healing. Right. You know, my first impression of you, and it's still the same, um, blunt honesty, which I appreciate, funny, um, vibrant, optimistic, positive, a go-getter, a hustler in her own right, a boss player lady, a fashionable all, all of that all of that on paper okay i'm doing my job <laughs> you got all that before you met me all right <laughs> that's what i got when i was reading you and on your website on your youtube i said she is anti-bullshit we're getting along just fine <laughs> and, and what and what it what it is it is 348 and look at we we ain't skip a beat, you know. <laughs> and what would be your first impression of me? Oh wow, okay. Um, I got welcoming, so that was my first impression. I got welcoming. Um, I got bubbly for whatever reason. I got like a very, but I got cute bubbly, not that bubbly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think <laughs> I want you to take it the wrong way. Um. Um, I also got interested, curious, which was nice. You know what I'm saying? I love people who do homework. So that was good. Like proactive. I didn't know you did that, but I'm glad you did. Not everyone does it. Majority of folks do it, but not everyone does. Cause I do the same thing. I try to look up you, who you are, you know, check out some prior episodes or whatever have you. Um, so I like, but curious and wanting to, to know more. I was, I was interested to see how you picked up on trauma from me, um, but I, I like the fact that you were vulnerable to say that because of my own trauma, I want to be able to talk to folks who have uh, come into an acceptance of themselves. So I, I got that. So I got a, a, a feeling of comfort from you, you know, which I think as a host is what is positive and necessary. Because remember, 
we interview every day, all day. So what's going to make you different as a host to make us give information? Because our information becomes robotic. You know what I mean? Because we're doing, you know, you're my 10th interview this week. You know what I mean? So how how do you as the host make me feel comfortable enough? Just because I'm bubbly, just because I'm, you know, fun doesn't mean that it's always going to be a great interview if the host is boring as shit. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Because their show they take the lead i can't take the lead i can still you know answer your questions and be charming but if you don't know what the fuck to ask me you know what i'm saying so i'm gonna let you rock because like it's your when, show like when you had um like just in case you want to do the script, I had the questions on my phone. So I was prepared either way. It's like like, okay, just do the ones on the side. I would have just rocked with it. And can we get high together? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, you ain't see me smoke a little bit while you was talking. I I did. I was just waiting till the end. Because I wanted to get your story out and then work my way up to that. Okay. Okay. So, and and that's another thing. I think I might want to get into the farming with cannabis because I want to do a greenhouse. But just because I'm a cannabis smoker doesn't mean that that's what I want to do. And I think people automatically think because you smoke weed that you're now supposed to get into the cannabis industry. And that's not necessarily it. I'm just a pothead. I don't really give a fuck about all that other shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a connoisseur. I don't know the difference between whitehead and, and blue crush and monkey, whatever. Just give me some regular dirt weed and I'm good money. <laughs> I appreciate you so very much. <laughs> like during our interview, I always do this because when we interact with people, we may have felt something that could have been a concern or we felt good, but I always check. Did you feel safe during this whole interview? Yes. Did you feel respected, protected, cared about, honored? I did. Good. Good job. I Thank did. you. I did. I did. Thank you. And and you opened the show like how I opened the show. You you let me know that it's just a conversation, and that's how I used to do it. Every time we was I had a guest, I told them, "All right, we just gonna have a conversation, and however the spirit moves us is how we gonna go." And it, I mean, I had fifty one shows. Awesome awesome shows nice and and if you ask me what's my favorite like i'm gonna tell you antonio this is gonna be your favorite show but it's not you know what i'm saying it might be one of your favorites and i think it should be your favorite because i'm motherfucking kitty rose however (laughs) when i think about what is one of my favorites i couldn't tell you because every show was fucking awesome Every fucking show, the way that the spirit guided those conversations was amazing. So this journey that you're on right now and the way that you're doing it, hats off, bruh. Don't change it for nobody. It was perfect. It was great. I enjoyed it. It reminded me of myself. So of course I'm gonna love that shit. 
you know? <laughs> like, I really appreciate when you said bubbly because you were spot on on who I am because that's how I'm described by uh, most people. And I got I to gotta toot, toot my own horn here on this one. Most people say I have a velvety, smooth speaking voice. Okay. I didn't get that. When I think of smooth, velvety, you know, I think of Barry White, you know, something sexy, you know. I, I, I don't really get sexy from you, Antonio. I I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> You more, you more like a little brother. I, I don't get like, oh, Antonio. Mm, okay, now <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get that. I'm sorry. Right, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm still processing or, it. <laughs> or they was, or they liked you. <laughs> the majority. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, that's just me. I didn't. I didn't get sultry or and 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 and, vol and velvety is what what they said. Velvety, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't get that. I got I got very like homeboy. What's good? You know, let's go party over here. <laughs> let's go play some cards. That's what I got. You know, I I didn't get. How you doing, Miss Cat? What's good? Welcome to my show. My name is Antonio. I, I didn't. I didn't get that. <laughs> I don't know how to respond right now. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's hope that the audience is also laughing with us. I hope they are. <laughs> I hope too. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I guess my sense of being sexy is different than mainstream. Okay. Claim it, bro. Yeah. Because I recognize that um, I don't have to be that societal box of being sexy. Mine is more on, I'm chilling. Okay. And I'm bubbly while I'm chilling. Okay. And we can have a beautiful discussion together. All right. And I believe that we've done that. Yep. But I'm bumped. <laughs> Amen. Any last words before we go? Any last words? Um, yes. Life is not a dress rehearsal. And death is guaranteed. So live because it's possible. And the best way to live is to embrace Jehovah God, the God within yourself, the sacrifice Christ made for us so we can have that relationship with the God, with the creator, because in having a relationship with the creator is really just strengthening and building who you are as a creative being on this plane. So with that, you know, continue to follow me as I learn in my journey, because my journey, I do believe is all of your journey. I'm on YouTube, you know, I'm getting ready to go to the next phase. My YouTube channel is Miss Kitty Rose One, M-S-K-I-T-T-Y-R-O-S-E, the number one or one word. Follow, subscribe, like, share, have me back on Antonio's show, like all that good shit, you know, let's, let's keep the dialogue going 
not just with the conversation, but in action. You know, let's 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 be who we say we want to be, you know, and, and be fat for real, because no one's going to give us that, you know, no one's going to free us, no one's going to save us, but ourselves, but we have to be accountable, we have to take ownership, we have to look at what it is for what it is, and accept it, embrace it, and love it, because it's, it's who we are, and, and that's fine, because Jehovah loves us, so if the creator loves us, then what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Learn to love ourselves because those two connections together, God loving me and me loving myself, that's a powerful force there. That's a powerful force. And I'm here to show you that it's, it's, it's doable as a regular schmegular girl from Brooklyn. Miss Kitty Rose, baby. I'm here for it. I would say you're extraordinary in your own way. I appreciate that. And um, personally, I got the first vaccine shot Okay. Moderna's and getting my second one. Okay. May six. That's I'm extremely healthy, so for me, that's me. But overall, I really enjoyed this show. Yes, I'm glad. And I really um, enjoyed getting to know you and um, what your platform is all about. And I enjoyed our diverse meanings of what sexy is. <laughs> and so I'll, I'll have you back on. Just let me know. And, you know, we hopefully we stay. Support each other. Yeah, man. Yeah, stay in touch. And, yes. um, I'll, you know, take care. And All right. Can we take a picture? Can we take a picture before you leave? I took some pictures, but I want to get a picture of us both smiling. Oh, I didn't know you could do that on here. Yeah, so you ready to smile? Ready. Come up closer. (laughs) Like this? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And follow me so you can see the picture that I pulled up of us and to get my audience anticipated for when you put the show on air. Oh, I will. I will. It was a pleasure meeting you, my brother. Pleasure meeting you, my sister. All right, but be safe out there. Right. We will definitely smoke some together. I actually like the party, so thank you for saying party. Oh, okay. Wait, what? Remember you said, you know, you more like the brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually do like the party, so thank okay. you for plugging it in. Okay. And I'll see you in person soon, and peace. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Be safe out there. All right. All right peace.